And so the time has finally come. The bourgeoisie and wars agree with proletarian blood. And that blood which flows from their pen is the closest that they've ever been to the people. Welcome to this week's episode of The Uncontainable Canaries. I'm Mr. Freedom. And I'm Mr. Democracy. And we're coming at you live almost. From the uh, Uncontainable uh, Canaries headquarters. From the cage that we're not caged in because we're uncontainable. Welcome to this week's episode, everybody. I hope you had a good week, and I hope you've been uh, keeping your head as far out of the news as you can, and we're here to do that for you. Exactly. We're here to help you guys, trying to figure out the news and the little squibblets of truth while uh, we're here. Yeah, and if we can't give you the tr- capital T truth, at least we can give you our little small letter V views, which is a little version of truth. And you know, like, if that's all we get, that's good, because I don't have any claims to grand universal truths about what's going on around the world. I might have one yeah, or two about... do I? <laughs> I might have one or two about probably wrong to kill a whole bunch of people if people think that's okay that's probably not okay even if they think it's okay probably not no i think you should only kill people when it comes to self-assent yeah yeah like you're mr democracy but like democracy ends if 99 percent of people vote kill one percent of the people all the time yeah which is crazy you gotta have you gotta have other things on top of the democracy like constitutions <laughs> and different yeah, and lose the laws as well as you know exactly well this week we got a great we got a great episode to try to put together for you couple topics. We're going to discuss the F-35 boondoggle that continues. Oh, wow. Uh, unity, why we're against war and censorship. Yay! Yeah, we're going to talk about censorship after that, too, because the that just gets worse and worse and worse, and it's a good reason we're making this podcast, is because so many voices are censored, we figure we can make our own voice, and then if it gets censored, we'll at least, we'll have done it. Yeah, at least we got out there. Or at least tried. <laughs> Do you want to tell people about them then, or do you want me to tell Well, people? Canada just adopted it as one of its main um, fighter jets, and let me just tell you this. I've done a little bit of research on this F-35, and here's a little tidbit of information. The, F-th- the F-35 can only tolerate supersonic speeds at high altitudes for short bursts before it sustains lasting structural damage and the loss of stealth capabilities. During the high speeds, the jet's stealth coating, which makes it vi- invisible to radar, is known to bubble. There's no current plans to correct the problem. Why in hell would we get a plane like that? <laughs> well, you know, if you if you don't remember there, the Canadian government, the Liberal, and it's only Liberal in name, they're just, that's their, they're really just a corporatist government. One of their campaign promises to the Canadians was they weren't going to buy those F-35s, but they did anyway, and at a cost of more than $80 million per jet, and not only are they $80 million a jet, they don't even defeat their predecessor in a dogfight. They suck, and they're expensive. Yeah, of course they'd uh, buy that, right? Yeah, future wars won't be fight with individuals. The way wars work, people don't realize this. It's so many systems working. You've got anti-air systems. You've got lasers. You've got drones. There's drone swarms, anti-radar and anti-communication systems, electromagnetic pulses. And you expect somebody, yeah. a human brain, to be able to interact with all these systems effectively... No, I doubt they can do that. We already know that they can't do that. This, even if they're flying some of those sophisticated planes. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like a lot of people are talking about, oh my god, it's nuclear war! It's nuclear war! Not necessarily. All you do is just drop an EMP in the middle of a city and let the people, you know, tear themselves to pieces. You know, 
as far as I know, to make it an EMP that has enough enough actual power, you do have to actually detonate a nuclear bomb right now. They might they might wake those weapons in the future. I personally can't stop thinking about it. Canada's buying eighty eight of these things. Germany's buying thirty five. It's a giant corporate welfare program for Lockheed Martin. The money just keeps going up, and they keep saying, "Oh, it keeps it, it's it's now going to be more money." We're sorry, it's going to be more money. It's not even effective. Like there's just an article that came out in the defensepost.com uh Inder Singh Bisht was his name. The US Navy shot down a target drone representing a super a subsonic cruise missile using a high electric high uh, using electric high energy laser weapon in a first of its kind demonstration. The ground-based layered laser defense or LLD quote homed in on the red drone flying by shooting a high energy beam invisible to the naked eye causing it to fall down. The Office of Naval Research explained. So you're telling me we're going to spend 80 something million dollars plus and more to maintain these things that can just easily be shot down by future weapon system or an exploding suicide drone swarm can just fly into them and kill them off or it's it, it and we already know this. So buying these is just that's why the government said they in Canada said they weren't going to buy it, but the Canadian people know already that when their leaders tell them something, it's just a lie. So it's pick between it's the, just the opposite. Yeah. Not to also mention, like with all the uh, drones and stuff like that, you think they do spend more money on drone equipment? I mean, it's it's you know like a person miles away, literally thousands of miles away, with a joystick in his hand dropping bombs. I mean, the yeah. Americans used to do that all the time, and they still do to this day. I mean, it's an it's an invisible war that they do exactly. because at the end of the day, they're they're like, oh yeah, it was just some guy, you know, it it, it was man, it was man, you know, uh, it was uh, controlled by a guy ten thousand miles away. Yeah. yeah, so Canada's going 88 of these. So basically, if we actually, if the shit really hits the fan, that's 88 of people who are flying jets that will die because some either autopiloted or some piloted drone from far away in fucking Russia or China, because Canada will be on America's side. It'll just be crashed off and rich people will get richer. People invested in Lockheed Martin will get more money. And I've heard also, not only does the F-35 suck in a myriad number of ways, it also can't, it cannot fly in heavy rains. I've heard that, but I've not heard wow. there are problems that these are fixed. So we're rushing head first into buying a shit ton of these shit planes, which are full of shit problems. Oh boy. Yeah. Just, anyway. just give more money to the military industrial complex. Why not? Right. It's a taxpayer's expense. Insert. No, no, you know what? Those, those, those people that uh, democratically elected us. Well, you know what? We're just going to waste our money instead of putting into infrastructure like schools, hospitals, roads, police, all that stuff. No, we're just going to use it to fight the terrorists over there, so we don't have to fight them over here. Yeah, how much would it fit? Co- how much would it cost to buy whatever eighty of these planes at eighty million dollars is? I don't know a lot, but how wow. much actually does it cost Canada to fix their homeless problem? Probably less than that amount of money. So Canada's got a six billion dollar deal with them. The Pentagon signed back in twenty twenty one a six point six billion dollar deal with Lockheed Martin. Man, I'm just reading. There's a Huffington Post article from twenty seventeen. Apparently, it would take 11 billion you could end homelessness in canada so we'd be we be halfway there but we're gonna buy these jets to fly them into drone store drone swarms and laser beams yeah wow oh, <sighs> jesus what a crazy it's like tupac it's like tupac said they have all these monies for wars but can't feed the poor just remember that line it's a, a lyric that in one of the tupac songs he said we have all this money for wars but can't feed the poor hmm well, and now Tupac is a hologram that's owned by the man, so yeah. poor Tupac. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tupac understood something, and that was about unity. They were trying to divide us even back then. They're trying to divide us so much through left and right. But the truth about politics is, do you know where the left and the right comes from, Mr. Democracy? Where? Do you know where the actual 
Well, the origin of it is in the French Revolution, and the yeah. people on the left represented the new aristocrats who were like the merchants, the lawyers, the doctors, or what was known as the petite bourgeoisie. Those were the left, and the right were the old nobles. So when <laughs> people think their values are represented through the left and the right, and they just pick a side because they were told through the media or told by some teacher or told by some book they read or whatever that they're on this side or that side without even thinking about it. How many people here breathe air? How many people drink water? How many people here love their family? How many people here, if they saw somebody kicking a dog, would get really fucking pissed off about that? Lots yeah. of people that have a lot more in common than they have difference, but they want us, and this has already been used. This is a psyop that's been used over and over and over again. Keep the people divided. That is one yeah. of the prime directives of intelligence services. Not just to go out and collect intelligence. It's to, whist it's to make sure whistleblowers don't whistleblow. It's to collect intelligence through blackmailing. It's to compromise individuals through blackmailing. And it is also to prevent the people from comparing notes. Yeah, divide and conquer. Exactly, and divide and rule because we've been yeah. conquered for so divide, long. D divide and conquer. The, 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 uh, the, what is it? Uh, the United Kingdom invented it. The United States perfected it. It's probably been around. For, no, it was Julius, yeah. it was in Julius Caesar's biography yeah. that was written in his time. Divide and conquer oh, probably, goes back yeah. to Julius Caesar. Yeah. Anyway, so it made me realize that in this world where we're constantly being tried to divide, this Western privileged world, and they're dividing people all over, but, you know, here we are. It is, we, we really have to see that the divides they're making, for most people, they don't want to pick a side, so they just say they're going to be apolitical. They're not political activists, or like, you know, they're not into, they're not political students, political professors, but they're just apolitical. Like, like apathetic. They don't care. But the people who have no politics, there's so many of them out there who have no politics. If you could just get those people to realize they actually do have politics because it's impossible. Because like Howard Zinn, the historian, said you cannot afford to be neutral on a moving plane. And then it was quoted by System of a Down. Because it's true. You know, if you're neutral in the face of oppression, you're on the side of the oppressor. And, oppressor, and guess what? Yeah. We're in oppression right now. We don't see it because the media is owned by the oppressor. So they're not going to show us all their crimes constantly. In fact, they're going to show us the crimes of those they want to continue to oppress or invade or attack or take power from or whatever. But it's made me to realize that the ideal politics is not to be left or right as it is dis designed by the corporations to keep us divided or to be apolitical like most people are. But the true politics to be unity politics. <laughs> unity politics is outside of the mainstream. If you want to think about it in terms of a very simple left and right, which is also so simplistic. How could you put politics on left, right? It already doesn't make any sense in so many ways. Like we could sit here for hours and talk about how stupid it is, but I don't even want to give it the breath at this moment. But the truth is, if you want to break it down, it's more top versus bottom because the people in charge will fight the people who question them from the left and the right just as hard. Do you notice that? Notice yeah. how they do that? It's a oh, constant thing. Instead of being focused on our own differences by those in power and the media, we should find the things which unify us and go from there. Maybe when we've got the top percentage of people out of power who fucking own everything, who raise the prices on everything, who make us fight the wars, who pollute the fucking biosphere, who just pollute, pollute our minds with consumer garbage advertising and just crap media. Maybe we could focus our shit on them, sort them out. Then our differences wouldn't seem so big. And if we did, then we'd sort them out civilly and we'd all have a lot more economic wealth because we wouldn't be getting exploited all the time. And we wouldn't have so much hatred because we wouldn't be getting mentally exploited all the time. You know, I can see the truth is visible, but it's obscured from every position. On the left, they know some stuff. The right, they know some stuff. But there's so much stuff they're not allowed to compare notes on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it always has to be like, it has to be right against left or left against right. It's been like that literally for centuries, if not maybe for millennia. 
because it's always going to be divide and conquer. We have to, you know, like, look at, look at back what happened in the 1950s and 60s in the United States, 70s and 80s. They basically said, be careful, you know, there could be a communist under every bed. You know, we need to bring up, we, we, yeah, then we, we, they, you know, we need to bring up the, the weapons, uh, you know, we need to up our weapons because if we don't, the communists are going to come and get us. It's, it's a little crap. And then now, you know, like, we're so brainwashed to think that we should just be divided for whatever reason, whether on racial lines, gender lines, political lines. If we started to see our unity, it was realized so long ago too. Like, you know, the quote, the people united shall never be defeated. Divide, the people, yeah. you know, the, the punks got it a long time ago. That's what, like, oh, we should have an episode on that. About how the punks, they saw unity, but then that was something that was weaponized. Yeah. Uh, like because they couldn't be unified because it's too strong like when the black punks and the white punks were coming together and like the reggae scenes and stuff they had mm -hmm. to divide them they had to poison the working class with racism yeah. which th it was already there it's not like they had to make them racist but it was like there were these groups that were unified that were trying to go outside of racism and they were always marginalized and made made fun of but then when they got too strong they'd make a character version of it and then that would become the version of punk rock and it was just like oh let's just have fun and break shit dude when it was always actually about let's actually come together in solidarity and fuck their culture that wants to divide us it's the same thing with skinheads actually like uh yeah that's skinheads, what I'm talking, exactly. yeah, yeah, skinheads actually came out as a reggae and um ska loving movement they they were around black people they were a working class and it was white and blacks together you know they they were used to party and fight alongside each other next thing you know late 70s early 80s it became a right-wing kind of thing because in the 1980s if um if you said you were a skinhead, there was a ninety nine point nine percent chance that you were a Nazi, and that's what happens. Like the right goes and takes stuff and completely twists it around and messes it up for everybody. And you can actually see that in a documentary called Skinhead Attitude on Amazon Prime. It's a great video. And um, there's another video called uh, uh, uh what's it called? Uh, uh sk Chases of the Skin. You can see that on YouTube. Uh, skinhead Hunters about a. But I would I would just group. disagree with the one one use of the word right because punk yeah. rock is was outside and yeah. if the true punk rock scene is still outside of the left right divide, there's mm -hmm. people who want to make it back into that. But that was what punk was always about, taking mm -hmm. us out of because they didn't like true right wing, true left wing people. They can get along if they've looked at their differences. But the yeah. problem is, is both sides have been, their minds have been weaponized to just see each other as the enemy. So it's like mm -hmm. one side doesn't act, like not all right-wing people are racists. Not all right-wing people support support the use of the military. There's a lot of right-wing anti-war people, but they're not actually, if, if it were to come down to it, they're not anti-military, like the yeah. way an anti-war person on the so-called left is. But it's like, mm -hmm. can't we just get over our fucking differences first? Because the people on the left and the right... There's lots of them who cannot be made to see each other's from each other's perspective. Most of those people, if you see yourself as left or if you see yourself as right and you don't see yourself as a person who should stand against the corporate state, then yeah. if you see left, then you're not going to be allowed. If you're pro-family, religious or whatever, then you go tell people on the left that they're like, you should be right wing. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. if you're on the if, if same thing, if you're on the right, if you're like, well, I actually really want health care and actually really wish that there was no wars and I really want to fund education and I like support teacher strikes and I support unions, but I'm also like, you know, I'm anti-war and pro-family and pro, pro like military and all that stuff. Those people would just be like, get out your left wing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and it's stupid. It's a divide. It's, 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 it's a, it is a divide. We've been talking about that for a hundred times now, but that's what people think because that's the way they're conditioned to think. Well, even the way we talk, you said it, the right wing wrecked skinheads, but there was lots yeah. of the right wing people who were in skinhead originally, they were being saved by that mentality to be less racist. But yeah. it was when more and more authoritarian reactionary mentality and there's reactionary people in the left and the right. 
You know what yeah. I mean? There's progressive people and on that's, the left that's and the, the right. thing too. It's it's became more of a neo Nazi thing, and that's why now there's a stigma placed behind it. And it's like, no, that's not what it started out as. Yeah, and most people to this it. day, yeah, and most people to this day are like, well, you know, if you're skinhead, you're a Nazi. It's like, no, man, like that's not the way. Like this isn't the 1980s anymore. Like it's, stuff has changed dramatically since then. We should do more of an. Ep- we should actually like you know make a good episode on that. Yeah, where you get definitely, some definitely. Good I, I would love to talk about that because yeah. I'm an anarcho skinhead <laughs> and I I'm not I'm not racist. I love all people. I I hate hate. You know if if you're a hateful person, I don't like you. Well, I can still even accept those people, but I get what you're saying. Like I hate their hate. I don't hate them personally because I know that they're confused and deceived and manipulated. Exactly, and they're, and they're and they're angry because of the situation that they're being put in. You know, and I understand that because you know not everybody can can live the good life. You know, we always look in the TV about you know Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, and they have got like twelve mansions and you know all this kind of stuff, and they're multi billionaires, yeah. the richest people in the world. And people are like, well, I want that. And I can't get it. I work. I get paid five seventy five an hour working at McDonald's, and I've been to those places. I know. I know what it's like. And at one point, I'm like, wow, this is just crazy. I need to, you know, reevaluate my life and, you know, do something better. So the, an example, we're talking about how the left and the right or the so-called left and the right shouldn't see themselves that way, but should see themselves as people standing against corporations and against, you know, the powers that be. When they can do that, they can have a lot of power. And one of those things is within the anti-war movement. Instead of yeah, fighting exactly. all the time, there's people in the anti-war movement on the left and the right. There's a lot of military people who are very right-wing, who are very anti-war because they've seen what it means. But they're not like they're not like disassemble the military like the people on the left would be. But they still, it's like we always want to focus on the difference first. When it comes to war, we we should all think we, we should be against war because we value human life. Not just our own life, but everyone's life. Just a nuclear war may happen. I don't want to watch that happen so I die, but I don't want anyone else to continue dying in senseless conflicts. I'm yeah, against exactly. war for the reason too, not just because of the end result at the end of the barrel of the gun, but the end result at home. The constant justification for surveillance, for the increasing of the police state to beat down the people who get upset about the bleeding of the social services to pay for the wars in the first place or who get mad about the poverty that's caused by it. It's insane. The jobs provided by those weapon manufacturers, they're nothing compared to the steady and beneficial employment that would be coming in with a robust abundance economy. And I'll talk more about what the abundance economy means. To me, the abundance economy is a concept that has not really been talked about, but it's the idea that if we were to reroute some of the money back into the middle class and the poor, it would recycle constantly if we were to stop subsidizing at the top. And then if we were to actually quantify the benefits of those technologies in some sort of like a blockchain-like technology so that people could make sure they saw it going back to them and not just bled up to the top constantly. That's what I'm talking about, an abundance economy. But my point is, with an abundance economy, there'd be so many more jobs than the few jobs that are provided with the weapons contractors. Just like there's lots of jobs, but there could be way more jobs building the houses to house the homeless or building some things that we can't even imagine yet because we're spending all our time on dumb shit Shit like war because here we are subservient to the corporate state yeah uh, what well, you know what i i kind of want to see uh you know how um nascar how um the drivers they have like the corporation's name on their cars and on their jackets and stuff i want to see a yeah. politician have those same kind of sponsors on him you know on his suit you know yeah yeah and i know but i i like that idea because then you know who he's working for <laughs> Yeah. Well, they should make it even more than that. They should make the guy carry around something equal in dollars, like how many pounds per dollars the guy's getting from the corporations. He should have to carry that around and like a weight (laughs) carry, like, like a ball and chain hooked to his leg. And then instead of just some little logo, it's like, no, make the guy carry some of the, because even that wouldn't be close to the weight of the wrong that they're doing. 
You know, it's just like make them carry around. It's like if they're getting a hundred thousand dollars, okay, they gotta take a like make make grams, grams to dollars. You know, hundred thousand gram ball and chain, and it's gotta say like Exxon right on the side of it. And you're like, exactly. damn, this guy is really weighted down because that would be more accurate. Because I like the idea of the NASCAR thing because either way, they're never going to agree to it. But if they're never going to agree to it, can't we go big? Let's just imagine something even better. Yeah. <laughs> but make them carry around a cross with the name of all the corporations and all the people they exactly. fucking killed names yeah. carved into it. <laughs> but we're, we're going to enter into an era now where talking about this stuff just gets you wiped off the internet. Like they'll call you whatever name in the book works. They've come up with so many different routines, like mind diops to get people to be taken down. One of them we're going to talk about is a little guy named Alex Jones. And we're not just oh, talking Alex about Alex Jones. Jones. We're going to introduce this concept of censorship. So imagine when Alex Jones, you, you, you and I know who he is. Maybe you can tell people more about him who don't know. Alex Jones is a right-wing conspiracy theorist out of Austin, Texas. This guy has been talking nonsense since, what, early 2000? Or maybe even before then. He, yeah, he is a psyop. But hold on. Like, what I'm trying to say here is that, like, everything to Alex Jones is a conspiracy theory. Except his religion. That's the only thing that's not a conspiracy theory. I followed this guy for quite a while. And I think he lost me for multiple reasons. Um, he he said he was like, you know, he wanted to help Greece, which I thought was great because, you know, Greece was going through a turbulent time and it still is. But then he came out saying that he like was a nationalist and, stuff like that and supported the ultra right wing party like Golden Dawn. And as soon as he said that, I started like, like turning this guy down. I was like, this guy's an idiot. Well, like he is a controlled, he's controlled opposition, meaning yeah. he's not really a, cons not, he's not what he appears to be. A controlled opposition is a tactic that's used by intelligence services all the time. If they can't fully wipe out a group that might be dangerous to them, and in this case, conspiracy theorists, what they'll do is they'll have Hyde Piper huge amounts of people away into their way of thinking. So that's like, yeah, they know there's going to be lots of conspiracy people thinking, but they can weaponize it and they can use it. But then there's also people who you and me may look at it by the facts. We know there are conspiracy theories, but we're more like conspiracy analysts. We analyze them. 99 of them aren't true. One of them is like, oh dear God, they're actually doing this. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. He's a full on nut bar, but he's not really like he's everything he did was so carefully calculated. He comes off to do all this stuff. And then eventually He's so abhorrent, people have to hate him. So, like, let's get rid of him, right? So he gets taken off of social media. And it's like a test balloon to see, hey, what do we do if we take down these big accounts? And what do people do? It's like it's like a Trojan horse, you know? Everybody yeah. hates this guy, so maybe they'll let this idea through. Yeah, wipe him out. Okay, they get rid of him. But anyone knows history was against this, who hated Alex Jones, was like, no, 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 this is a bad idea. You shouldn't give these corporations the power to censor. And that was back in 2016, Right? Yeah, no, that was pretty. That was yeah. That that a lot of people were against that too. They even said like, "Well, why censor Alex Jones?" I mean, yeah, you know, it's freedom of speech. And well, it doesn't even work. Yeah, and and that's the, the thing too. Like, work. if it, it, as soon as as soon as you censor him, just because you censor him, for, say from YouTube, doesn't mean he can't go onto another platform and talk there, or, or go or make his own website. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he has his own website still up. So he like, was he, and it's like when you take a guy down with millions and millions of followers. You're not really taking them down. Same thing about taking Trump off social media. It was all like a way so they could take down those people. But then as they're doing it, they're taking down so many more. Because with Alex Jones, he's like a perfect weaponized fake conspiracy theorist. He pretends yeah. to be against the powers that be. Yet he shows his real colors when he becomes totally beholden to the deep state. You know, the deep mm -hmm. state, he pretends he fights. But really, he's all pro the, the police, the military. Trump and all the right wing apparatus behind yeah. him. Other po our other powerful politicians. 
inte- the intelligence service, he was fully on on their side for like the the last few years. But before he was like, oh, they're they're coming to eat your babies, and then all of a sudden he's like, no, no, not Trump. He he's good, and it's like all these. He's like he bought into his own lies, but he doesn't. It was all part of the way to get us to go through RussiaGate. Remember, RussiaGate thing ties into it because all yeah. while he was saying it. Like Alex Jones is saying, oh, I'm against this stuff. He's actually propping them up because who he says he's fighting? He just says he's fighting some Democrats. It's like they're just one small part of this whole apparatus. The whole other part of the apparatus of the powers, he actually is whitewashing to the conspiracy theorists who are dumb enough to believe in him. You know what I mean? He's discredit. He discredits the whole thing. It's the same thing with me in, in a way and Michael Moore too, because like if you really think about Alex Jones and Michael Moore, what are they? They're two fat, rich guys. One does the bidding for the Republican Party. The other one does the bidding for the Democratic Party. Like... <laughs> Yeah, but Michael Moore's done far more good journalism, though. Like, you can hate him, but he, if you actually watch and listen... I think he's biased. I mean, I'm, he's I'm bi- gonna say Yeah, it. but yeah. he's not... He, he's biased, but I wouldn't even call him the exact flip side of the same yeah. coin. The flip side of Alex Jones is, like, Rachel Maddow. Yeah. She's, like, the conspiracy theorist who's, like, fueling this... Which is really an intelligence operation psyop to get us to not trust all this stuff. Because Alex Jones, people like Rachel Maddow, they're designed to amplify the straw men conspiracies that are easily disproven in order to discredit the entire movement, while also forwarding what the mainstream wants you to think. And while we cheer banning them, when they get banned, it's programming us to cheer the banning of people like us later on. People like us who would never, like, fuck Alex Jones. Because when he says, it's like the Sandy, you talk about the Sandy Hook thing. Can we get into the Sandy Hook thing? Can I, can I, can I, can I, so... This this is terrible. Up, somebody went in and killed like twenty six people. He, they killed a whole bunch of people. And yeah, Alex Jones discredits. He talks about it and he's like, it's like it didn't happen. If you look at it through any lens, all you ever see is his noise being made, because the shooting obviously happened. Lots of innocent people died. But the real yeah. questions, the real the real questions, Mister Democracy, that we that people were missing. But in the very beginning, people were asking. No, it wasn't whether it was a false flag or it happened. Of course it happened. It was about the shooter's connection, Adam Lanza's connection to his father, Peter Lanza. His father, and he was set to testify in front of the American Senate over the London International Banking Exchange Rate Scandal. And I don't know if you know anything about that. I know I've told you about a little bit before, but essentially the way that money is exchanged, like on the world, you know, it's like, oh, why is a pound worth this much compared to a dollar? We think it's this complex financial mechanism, but it's actually decided by bankers like almost like what whatever weekly or daily it is and there was this whole big scandal that named even the queen of england and it was involving trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars one of the biggest financial numbers ever named in any courts in the british courts and it was gonna there this guy's father was going to testify in front of the courts or the american senate about it and he didn't testify after his son went berserk with no explanation no connections to any violence went berserk and killed a bunch of people and yeah, I'm not saying what it, I'm not saying it. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, guess who else was set to testify in front of the American Senate about it? The father who? of the Aurora, Colorado movie shooter. Remember the Colorado wow. movie shooting? James yeah. Holmes was his name, and his father's name was Robert Holmes, and he was lead scientist at the FICO, the credit score company. And he was going to test wow. it, testify too, and both declined to testify. And I'm not saying it is what it looks like. I'm just saying that witness tampering does happen. And when yeah. you have it that follow the money, follow like, just like put the yeah. dots together. I mean, both you declined know, if, to testify if, after their son's if, if it looks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, it's probably a duck. <laughs> yeah, and people like Alex Jones muddy the water because they go on and on and on about fucking oh boy, like the, the, this never happened, blah 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 blah. But in, if you didn't have that noise there, anyone who looked at this would think, hey, that's kind of weird. They but you you don't even find that stuff anymore. You have to mm-hmm. dig or know what happened. And it's exactly like the same thing that happened. It's all linking to 
what's going on now with the censoring and with the Russiagate yeah. stuff, which goes through Russiagate. I'm not going to go all into Russiagate right now. If you don't know about it, we'll have an episode about it later. But essentially, Russiagate was, it was another psychological operation. And those are psyops. Every time I say psyop, it's a psychological operation. Those are real. I don't think everything is a psyop, but we live in a world that is so much power is given to intelligence services that have successfully run psyops. So if you don't think psyops happen, sorry, they do. Trump was always an insider as far as capitalism was concerned. The illusion that he was a threat to the ruling class or the vested interests was all well played out through his campaign and presidency. And it took plenty of the repeating the big lie theory, you know, that you can repeat a big lie enough and eventually it becomes true. Yeah, that's what Adolf Hitler said. Take a, take a lie, keep it constant, sooner or later people are bound to believe you. Yeah, and it was actually one of the things that was funny back in the 90s. It was like one of Trump's ex-wife said, he only's ever read one book and that's Mein Kampf, he keeps it beside yeah. his bed. Whether that's true or not, it's still crazy. And it's like, took plenty of that big repeating of the big lie that he was a populist or a man of the people, you know, or even a cold, hard nationalist because he was none of those things. He was just a corporate sleazebag. And the thing is, his supporters are hilarious to me. There's one woman that the asked her, like, why are you voting for Trump? She's like, oh, he's going to make me rich. How is Donald yeah. Trump going to make you rich? Like, How is a guy with a golden toilet right going to make you rich? And yeah. how is he a populist with a golden toilet? Like, But his followers believed it, and so did his detractors. Do you notice that? Both sides were like, oh, this guy's an outsider threat. But the people who controlled him, the people closest to him, like Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo and Pence, those were two of the most powerful people in his administration. And both of those people, one of them was in the actual home, like, represented county yeah. for the Coke industries, where their home voting state is, and the other one was, like, funded right through the help through them. So it's like the idea oh, that okay. Trump was an outsider was always a fucking joke. The Coke, yeah. in, you know, the Coke power, they have, Coke like, not Coca-Cola, yeah. but the Coke brothers, now there's one. The Coke brothers, yeah. But it, the yeah, idea, you, have, you know, the you know the movie Mr. Smith goes to Washington back in the 50s or whatever, is like, oh, this guy's gonna go to Washington and clean up. That was, like, the projection on Trump. He's gonna go clean the swamp or whatever, and it's like, this guy's yeah, yeah. a fucking, he's not gonna clean shit. But his powerful allies, more than happy to allow the people to believe that. Because on the one side, you got the people who like him. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can believe he's one of your people. But the other side, the people who don't like him, it's like, yeah, yeah, keep being distracted fighting this boogeyman that we created. He's going to fight the deep state, people thought. And the deep state was like, oh, we got to stop this guy. So we're going to stop him by accusing him of this wild, insane fantasy that he is like, it was a sick game, really. We're all playing a sick game. It was like, whatever, like this wild fantasy was Trump was run by the Kremlin. And everything he did, it was like, oh, we have to, it's the exact opposite of the truth. So if you liked him and you said it, it must be true. It's like Trump says, but Simon says, but then the one group was playing the opposite where he said it and they're like, oh, Trump said it, it must be false. He said we need peace with Russia. No, we can't have peace with Russia. We need immediately need this massive conspiracy that was made by the intelligence community, by the politicians, by the media, God knows who else. And that's the, you know, the media, the conspiracy theory that Trump was a Russian asset. But they had him on so many other things. They had him dead to rights on campaign finance violations, paying that, paying that porn star Stormy Daniels, whatever the hell yeah, it is. Stormy Daniels, yeah, Stormy Daniels. She was the porn star that he had sex with. He paid her for, uh, he paid her for yeah. sex and paid her off. Yeah. The, the list, the list of, the list of corruptions with this guy goes on and on. We can actually make an entire podcast later on about him. Yeah, but, but that was all proven. But the disprovable ones, they were the ones saying that he was a Kremlin asset, but they knew that wasn't true. But what's the effect of that is they can call anyone that is not inside of this big house, you know, the big tent house circus that is politics. Oh, you're, you're dissenting. Oh, you must be a, you must be either a Trumper or a Russian asset. Or, or you're or your useful idiot, like we said. But the idea that Trump was a Russian asset was laughable from the start. Why didn't they get him on the stuff they could have? Why did they use this other line? It was to fuck with our heads. They had this steel dossier they knew was not provable, and they used that. But it was made by a former British intelligence officer paid by the Clinton campaign. Like, it was always just opposition research. Oh, man. Oh, get upset you're about this You're choking on your own rage right here. <laughs> I get upset about this stuff. Because yeah. here we are. Because here we are. 
We as individuals also have to ask ourselves, like, how did we get to Trump? It has to do with years of corruption. You know, de- democracy democracy can work. Like, some people will say, well, democracy works. Sometimes you vote for a bastard. Sometimes you vote for a good guy. That's true. But usually the good guys are the ones who die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's usually the bad ones that tend to live out long. I mean, JFK shot and killed. I mean, R- Ronald Reagan wounded. I mean, what does that tell you? <laughs> We're past Trump now, but everything that they did with the Russiagate thing is now stuck. Is now stuck because they're really good at what they do. It's like whether the intelligence community, the media, political apparatus, whatever, they're able to now make this whole Russiagate thing. It's a web being woven around all dissent. If you think about it, yeah. coming from both sides, whatever side you're on. If you're not going all full tilt, and going, yeah, we need to send more weapons to Ukraine. Oh, you must be a Putin asset. Yeah. That now now gets to the real crux of it because it's not really about Alex Jones. Alex Jones was always just oh if we sense this guy everybody hates now people start cheering for censorship and now what's really come to this it's a cudgel to beat the heads and the careers of anyone who questions it. You know if you mm-hmm. question the official narrative because of the whole Russiagate thing that they which is just neo McCarthyism McCarthyism they did in the past we talked about Russiagate's all just neo McCarthyism. It's now it was applied back in 2016 to like 200 websites. They went through remember it was like a Washington Post article by Craig Timberg. Oh, this proper not thing says all these are, they're all Russian propaganda. It's like funny how a propaganda outfit, like the Washington Post can accuse others of propaganda. It doesn't look suspicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're, and they're one of the biggest like, propagandists out there. Whatever. Yeah, they're good at it, man. But they're like, the, the, the story was called Russian propaganda effort helped spread fake news during the election, experts say. It made the report all about the dissenting Russian journalists, but it was really about like WikiLeaks, Truth Out, Black Agenda Report, Naked Capitalism, Counterpunch, Anti-War. Lee Rockpaul, even the Ron Paul Institute. But it's like, you know, with WikiLeaks, Julian Assange's extradition just went through. Do you know that? No, oh boy. It, it was approved. Julian Assange, the the Australian publisher and journalist, sitting in a British jail, going to go to U.S. for U.S. for breaking U.S. laws. He's not a U.S. citizen for telling their secrets of their war crimes and their lies about diplomacy. And he's being accused of being a Russian asset. See how this yeah, all exactly. works together? <laughs> it's, it's all crazy. And here's the thing, too. Like, a lot of these guys on Fox News were like, you know, uh, Mr. He, they're actually telling Obama on their newscast, like, I'm, I'm anti-death uh, penalty, but for God's sakes, grab this uh, Julian Assange guy and put him through the electric chair. It's like, okay, now you're just contradicting yourself and you're crazy. Yeah, like, I don't want to kill a bunch of people, but we should kill a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, and it takes the page right out of the Cold War. You know, it's like you just, the real fight was always for our minds at home. It was never really about the outsider fight. It's its not to defend against the enemy. It's to repent, prevent people from both sides rising up against the government. I mean, look, look at what they did to Chelsea Manning. She Dude. she ended up, um, you know, leaking a bunch of stuff. And then next thing yeah. you know, they basically tortured her and stuff. Like, it was crazy yeah, they what did. they did. They did torture her. And they're still, they're still torturing her. They brought her back in prison because she refused to cooperate with them. testify against WikiLeaks. Yeah. They, they called WikiLeaks a non-state intelligence asset. They're going to go after him. Well, they sure went after him. But they violated mm-hmm. his rights. And the UN even acknowledges that. It's sick what they're doing to fucking Julian Assange, man. We should get a whole episode just devoted to him. Because he's a fucking yeah. hero, man. He's a yeah. fucking hero. That guy's yeah, a hero. Definitely. The idea that the foreign enemy, they're always the excuse to go after the one standing up for a different way of living. Or looking at the situation. Or exposing the crimes of the government. Government's lying so much. And they're asking us to stomach the censorship in the name of truth, it's fucking pretty ironic.
Like, I was watching a view one day, and they had George Bush on. And, you know, George Bush was talking a lot of smack about uh, Donald Trump and stuff, not calling him a real Republican. And you, you see these women, it would be like, you know, I never used to like George W. Bush but until now. It's like, wow, now you love your like, – I'm glad that you're sucking up to your fuzzy-wuzzy war criminal. A guy that, you know, created – that created mass – yeah, he, he created massive wars and went around torturing people in Guantanamo Bay. Like, how stupid <laughs> are you? Like, you people you want to know what's a scary thought? Wait until Trump appears to be an elder statement. That'll happen. Pretty soon, imagine, we're going to live in a time probably when somebody like Trump will be asked on The View and they'll be like, he wasn't as bad as people thought. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really, because it wasn't about going after him. It was about going after, Trump was a good foil. You know, it was like he was a good yeah. controlled, op- again, controlled opposition. He was controlled yeah. by the deep state, the one he claimed he was fighting. Every time he used the word deep state, he discredited everyone who ever knew about the deep state. And now the Russiagate psyops came full circle. Kick, yeah. the, kicking Rush, kick Russia Today off. That is, you know, like they kicked that off, but that has nothing to do with countering Russian propaganda. That's again about silencing the voices of the people who question too much. It's like propaganda works in such a way where there was a lot of stuff that was said on Russia Today broadcast to English people. Russia wouldn't let that shit just go into its own country. Yeah. They had their, they have censorship at home, just like we have censorship at home. But part of disinformation is to let your enemy hear stuff that they're not supposed to hear. And the truer it is, the more useful it is. Because if your so-called enemy is telling you something and then you look into it and it's true and you're like well my government said so it's opposite now i don't trust yeah. my government and, and that's the thing too like both sides right now are sp- spreading censorship and misinformation you know what you know how lenin was sent through into like past russian lines into russia that was sent by the german high command they were like yeah. oh fuck this is a good guy to send over that's a perfect expert just sophisticated move of disinformation right there Lenin's telling the truth about revolution. This guy, we need to lock him up. He's going to spread revolution here. Hey, what if we send him over there? And he fucking yeah. spread it. And then the- and he spreads it. And then we'll see what happens. At the, end. the whole Eastern Front was like, we're not. Yeah, the whole Eastern Front was like, fuck it. And Germany was like, high five. I don't want to talk about Alex Jones, though. Like, we started yeah. out him just because he's a piece of shit. I'll just say, fuck Alex Jones. This guy caused an entire family. How many times did they have to move? Like, six or seven times or something like that? Yeah, because he targets his people to harass people. He's a fucking Exactly. Piece of shit. It's crazy. Those people like, lost their kids or whatever, and he's like, you didn't lose anybody. I know yeah, the truth. Yeah, you're a liar. I have friends in the CIA, and because of that, I must know the truth. It's like, shut yeah. the fuck up, you jackass. But I mean, yeah. the, the reason they go after people like him first is so that when they go after people like Julian Assange or Chris Hedges, Julian Assange and Chris Hedges are heroes. People like Alex Jones are at worst psyops and at best just dumb pieces of shit who are good, who are running a grift. And I think it's probably a combination of the two. Or It's not a quote, but there's an article from uh, Chris Hedges out and it's about the censorship. And there's just really, like some of the numbers are insane. So I'd just like to maybe tell some of our listeners and maybe tell you some of the numbers that are of what the censorship really entails. So you know how Chris Hedges was on Truth Dig? Mm-hmm. He had a... His weekly impressions, meaning when people type words that are in his articles, words like imperialism, he his stories would f- fell from about 700,000 to below 200,000 in a 12-month period when they introduced the algorithm. Wow. Dr. Jill Stein, the Green, huh. remember the Green Party candidate? Yeah. They called her a Russian a- a- agent. Same thing. Again, Russian issue. This is an American running in American politics. She lost half her <laughs> social media following after it mysteriously going offline for 12 hours during her campaign running for president. Wow. The media and big wow. tech are aligned, and that's the point. And this this discredited steel dossier was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign that I was talking about before. It said in it that Stein was a, a Russian asset. That's where they get their information from. Totally discredited things. But then the tr- what the effect is, is they go after them like it's proven. And then after it's disproven, they don't not go after them. They don't undo the damage. 
the the accusation was pointless. The Senate Intelligence Committee spent three years investigating Stein, issuing five different reports before exonerating her. And now there's another thing called Google's Project Owl. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't heard of that. What's that? So it was designed to eradicate, quote, fake news, according to Google, and it was employing, quote, Mm -hmm. algorithmic updates to surface more authoritative content. Oh, to downgrade great. offensive material. So when it implemented this, traffic for sites such as Alternet fell by 63%, Democracy Now! by 36%, wow. Common Dreams by 37%, Truth Out by 25%, The Intercept by 19%, and Counterpunch by 21%. The World Socialist website wow. saw its traffic fall by two-thirds. Julian Assange and WikiLeaks were all but erased. Mother Jones editors in 2019 wrote that they suffered a sharp decline in its Facebook audience, which translated to an estimated loss of $600,000 in 18 months, end quote. Some of the numbers, when you put them together, it is, it boggles the mind. Another person who was kicked off in addition to, like, Google's, Google is censoring, Twitter is also censoring, a guy, the Scott Ritter, a former UN weapons inspector, he was questioning the Buka massacre. Which, if you want to know more about the Buka massacre, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I myself don't want to be censored. But in the war in Ukraine, either the Russians slaughtered a bunch of people while they were retreating from Buka or the Azov battalion slaughtered Russian collaborators and is trying to blame the Russians. One way or the other, we don't know for sure. Both sides say it wasn't them. Both sides say it was the other side. But Scott Ritter, he knows a lot about the stuff. He's been on the ground. So he said during an April 15th panel organized by Consortium News, and he's a former UN weapons inspector in Iraq and Marine Corp intelligence officer. He called out the lie about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, by the way, too. So he's not just some guy. And he basically said, quote, it took me three years to get 4,000 followers on Twitter. I thought that was a big deal. Then this yeah. Ukraine thing comes up. It exploded. When I got suspended for the first time for questioning the narrative in Buka, my account had just gotten over 14,000. By the time my suspension was lifted, I was up to 60,000. By the time they suspended me wow. again, I was close to 100,000. It was out of control, which is why I'm convinced the algorithm said, you must delete, you must delete, and they did. The excuse they gave was absurd. I was abusive and I was harassing by telling what I thought was the truth. I don't have the same insight in Ukraine as I had in Iraq. Iraq, I was on the ground doing the job. But the techniques of observation and evaluation that you are trained as an intelligence officer to apply to any given set apply to Ukraine today. Simply looking at the available data set, you cannot help but draw the conclusion that it was Ukrainian National Police, mainly because you have all the elements. You have motive. They don't like Russian collaborators. How do I know? They said so on their website. You have the commander of the National Police ordering his people to shoot people in Buka on the day in question. You have the evidence. The dead bodies on the streets with white armbands carrying Russian food packets. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. Could there be data out there that I'm not aware of? Absolutely. But it is not there. As an intelligence officer, I take the available data. I access the available data. I provide assessments based on that available data. And Twitter found that objectionable. So, end quote, that's Scott Ritter and his Twitter account got shut down. So with this going on, where can we turn for reliable information, Mr. Democracy? Anywhere that uh, isn't controlled, which is actually quite difficult because all the all the information is controlled right now. Um, Winston Churchill actually, uh, in a famous quote, said, uh, "The first uh, the first casualty of war is truth." Right? So, man, he couldn't have been more right about that. I personally don't like Winston Churchill, but yeah, well, and even simply tactically. If you don't want to, if you're fighting war, you're not going to tell your enemy where you're strongest, where you're weakest, what you're going to do. So you're going to want to lie. And then since we're fighting a war in an information age, even if I was on, yeah, we need to fight an information, like Russia's bad and all this stuff. No matter what side you're on, you have to acknowledge yeah. we're in the disinformation information age. It's not what, <laughs> what people thought of. Now, here's a good example. So one side, 
Russia and Ukraine. Of course, we're going to keep coming to this because it's a flashpoint in the world. And when there's things, we're not just going to talk about what everyone else is talking about when it comes to this something that could lead to nuclear war. And there's lots of people talking about it, lots of disinformation going around. I think it's a like a duty we have to ourselves to remember what's going on so we don't get gaslit and a duty to the listeners in the future so you guys can come back and listen to this and hear what we thought about it. And maybe we're wrong and hopefully we admit that we're wrong. But here's something I don't know. I, I don't know what's right or wrong. So essentially, one side says during Orthodox Easter, the Orthodox churches are going to get shelled by the Russians. Russia says this has already been we've already found out that, you know, the Ukrainians are going to shell Orthodox churches, Ukrainian Orthodox churches in the areas the Russians are. And they're going to do that and then blame the Russians. Now, which which side is telling the truth? I don't know. You know, yeah. I have no idea. But there's now... We are told constantly, it's always Russia bad, Russia bad. They did all the worst. If there's dead civilians, 100% Russia did it. But New York Times now has an article. They fully admit that the banned cluster munitions being used are not just being used by Russia, but they're also being used to Ukraine or used by Ukraine. And that's not, they're not saying it like, oh, Ukraine bad. They're saying, oh, well, they kind of have to do it. But can I just give you a brief description of the tactical, how they're using it? Sure. It's despicable. And these cluster munitions are banned. The way they shoot, they fire up in the air and then they fire out a bunch of small size grenades that explode. Small size, yeah. 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 And they're, the way they're going through urban areas and Russia will come up and as the Ukrainians retreat, Russia will have positions that are now in residential areas and Ukraine will mortar these into just the residential areas. The New York Times is now admitting it, but for this whole fight, every time they find any evidence of war crimes like this, it's just obviously Russia. People assume instantly. But now, it's, if the fog of war is even lifted, the tiny small amount that they could admit that Ukraine is using cluster munitions. So now you can't blame all the dead civilians on Russia, because if Ukraine's willing to use cluster munitions on Ukrainian neighborhoods that they haven't evacuated... What else are they willing to do to defend their own country? And I'm not saying that makes them quote unquote bad, but if we care about the truth, we have to acknowledge that if you're willing to shell cluster munitions over your own neighborhood and then everybody that dies, you just expect everyone to believe it was yeah, the Russians. You just, you just say, oh, that's just collateral damage. Uh, at the end of the day, they're just like, well, who wants to be in charge of rubble? If we can't have it, then neither can you. And they just completely will destroy an entire city because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be in charge of the fucking rubble. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to be like, great, now I have to deal with this shit. You know how much money it's going to cost to rebuild an entire city? It doesn't matter how much money you have. It costs a lot, man. Oh, I know. It's just, <laughs> the war, war is hell, man. And like with all this so much disinformation, we need to rely on the approved channels only. Give me a break. That's just hilarious. Like, hey, guys, we're going to prove we're going to admit that we're lying for any smart person. Admit they're under the fog of war. But also, please only believe us. Don't listen to any censored channels. We'll tell you where to go. Thank you. Good night. Have a good one, folks. Also, hate our enemies and love us. The end. Like bullshit. Now we need more defending voices more than ever. Like, that's part of the reason why we started the podcast now. I've, we need you, our listeners, to come and help us. Yeah, we need you to listen and let us know you're listening. Anyway, that that was this week's podcast. Hope you guys liked it. It was a great one. It's it's ongoing. What do you think, Mr. Democracy? Yeah, uh, Mr. Like Democracy? It? No, we're not saying yeah, that. Well, no, I love we're it. We're having a conversation. Yeah. We're not saying that just yet. Don't okay, just say goodbye. Well, don't, ju- don't just say goodbye, <laughs> Mr. Democracy. These people, they, 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 they miss us. They tune so, in. So, so long, but not goodbye. So, so long, but not goodbye. Yeah, well... <laughs> we got a lot of work to do when it comes to building out the community of the podcast. We really would love it to hear from you guys. And I know right now it's new. We only have three listeners and it's Mr. Democracy's job to post. And he's only posted one time or one thing on all the things. And you can't click on it. So that might be hard, but find us well, on anywhere you listen to I'll it. Listen to podcasts. Let us know what you think. You got anything more to say there? No, um, just uh, I'll be uh, writing some stuff on Instagram. Uh, also on Twitter, Uncontainable Canaries, as well as Facebook. And, uh, yeah, so follow, so make sure you guys follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Uncontainable Canaries. 
Yeah, we'll let you guys know. Hopefully, we won't get blacklisted. Yeah, well, we won't get blacklisted because we're not going to say anything too bad on those. But on these podcast episodes, there's also eventually we're going to generate some content that we're going to put up that's only available through Patreon. So hopefully we can say some stuff on there that we couldn't get away with saying here. Tell you a little more of our more raw opinions about stuff that's not so uh, tailored to not get shut down by the AIs that are watching us. So this episode's been full of lots of information. I hope it's good. I hope it's funny. Hope it works. We are the Uncontainable Canaries. And we cannot be contained in any more. Get it done.